dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to Spooky Doings Podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, still not improvising as the coronavirus is still a thing. And hey, safety first. But thankfully, we have a wonderful lady who handles the buttons, the bops, and all the technological stuff that I do not understand how to do because I am a nincompoop. She is our Alabama enforcer, and she is joined by her lovely ginger kitty Tonks today. It's Chelsea <laughs> Bennington. Hello, Chelsea. Hello. Are you going to say hi? Okay. Well, no. no. You, um. no. Stri- strictly a cat supervisor on yeah. this day. She screams at every other moment, but when I ask her to speak, she just looks at me like, you you moron. I'm not going to speak just because you asked me to. I'm not a performing cat. That's not how I do. I was a god once. You were. Still (laughs) Joining us today uh, is a god among men. And to our longtime listeners, if you remember when we discussed uh, Tales from the Crypt with our guest, he stumped both Chelsea and I with a movie we'd never seen. And we said we were going to do a tutorial, and we did. Here today to talk about Night of the Demons. Welcome back to the show, Gregory Hall. Hello, Greg. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in good spirits, you know. <laughs> well, it, this is our first recording of 2021. There's oh, a new snap. administration. Um, things are looking to change for the better. Uh, ignorant white folks are, did not ruin our nation completely like they planned to. Um, they are realizing in the words of Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, they've been took. And uh, I'm enjoying the schadenfreude of that. Listen, like Malcolm X once said, the chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> <laughs> like there was, there, was, there was nothing more enjoyable for Black folks watching white people versus white people at the Capitol. That shit was hilarious. Like we Oh my God. We was just sitting there with popcorn like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hey, look at him. Come in. Hey, 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 Poogie. Look at him. Mm-hmm. Try to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, don't get involved. Let him take him out. Mm-hmm. There is the wonderful <laughs> irony of off-duty cops killing on-duty cops with Blue Lives Matter flags. I feel like there was a tear in their eye, like in New Jack City. It was like, don't make me do this, man. Come on. Don't make me do this, don't make me do this please. I can't do this. I love you, man. You know, I feel like it's, a lot of that was going on. <laughs> that one tear, it's that one tear in the eye and the regret with the gun. And it's like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> now he's at home smoking crack because he can't deal with life anymore. Like, Come on, brother. <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> a racist pig no. yeah exactly <laughs> if, 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 if I were to reference New Jack City in relation to the insurgents on the Capitol it's the scene where Wesley Snipes is in the club where he just goes oh are you still mad about, at me well fuck you then and he walks away <laughs> yeah I just I think that scene I think it was uh it was a lot like the scene between uh, him and Alan, Pla- uh, Alan Payne, who played G Money in the movie. And he's like, you're my brother, but I got to do it. And he has that one tear go down his eye and shit after he hugs him and then he shoots him in the head. <laughs> oh, 
love it. Never thought we'd talk about New Jack City on this podcast, but it is a good movie. Hey, but, it's one of my favorite hood films. Like I said, like I said, it's it's we you stumped us on a previous episode. Neither <laughs> Chelsea nor myself had seen Night of the Demons. We said we were going to do this. We're going to do the spoiler alert. Fucking loved it. <laughs> nice, dope, dope. Told you. I, yeah, I also loved it. I, uh, you know, and we can we can get more into this later. But I know this is what brought it up last time. Was hands down, Roger's the most intelligent person I've ever seen in a horror film. <laughs> he just immediately was like, "I'm leaving. This is this is. I'm going." And he like pushed people out of his way. He's like. Get, get out of the way, I gotta go. And when uh, what's her face wouldn't like move and she was on the ledge, and he was like, Woman, you can do it, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no inspiration talk, like, you made it this far, I believe in you. He's like, Just do it. I just, like, bitch, we gonna die. Exactly. I will push your ass. <laughs> he was fantastic, loved him. I told you, he was, he was the smartest. Black person in horror movie history, you know, contrary to popular belief, they we have survived some horror films, despite popular opinion. But no black person has survived a horror film like Roger. Like, yeah, he was surviving and thriving. Honestly, yeah. he was. I mean, in the beginning, he was a little. In the beginning, he was a little coonish. He really was. It was like my daddy was a preacher. He told me not to mess with none of that stuff. That like, that. Po- that part where it's like, well, we gotta pray first. It's like, no, 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 we don't, no, we don't. No, but I don't. like Roger. He's like, I'm gonna get the fuck out of here. The gate is gone, so I'll just sleep in the car. <laughs> I loved that. I was like, you know, I probably would have done the same thing. I would have been like, if I'm out of the house, maybe things are okay. But Rick, should you should you or Greg share the premise of the film? Okay, the premise of the film, which which I I love uh, very much. You got. Some teenagers, it's Halloween. They're invited to a party uh, at what they are calling Hell House, the spooky house in town that's surrounded by a lot of myths. So they go there for their Halloween party. And they, they as, as white folk will do at a Halloween party, it's like, okay, there's a lull in the music and, you know, we're already kind of boned up, but let's get more boned up by trying to call something forth from the underworld. So not a seance. They call forth kind of a demon that at first glance looks like Barack Lesnar's back tattoo. (laughs) But since it's not haunted and they're calling forth demons, possession becomes a thing and 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 the first demon jumps in the mouth of horror icon Lamia Quigley uh, who I love and adore since Return of the Living Dead and it's like okay it's it's on and popping and now here we go among and here's the ride <laughs> then, then that's one scene where you saw the demon in the mirror. It looked like it came from like Jim Hansen's Muppet Shop or something. I like... thought so too. It looked so. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a puppet. It, now it that you mention it, a little yeah. bit like Uncle Deadly. <laughs> <laughs> like this comes from and, Jim Hansen's Muppet Shop. What's going on? <laughs> and and now that's what I'm going to picture again on Brock Lesnar's back. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I thought there were so many, um, just so many wonderful 80s jokes with it. And one one thing I loved was uh, it had, you know, the final girl that was like, it, her costume was Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, that's yeah. what I assumed it was. Um, yeah. And she was going out, you know, there was one, you know, bad guy that was into her, if you want to even call him. I, I thought both guys were pretty awful. So all the guys, all the guys, all the guys. yeah, neither. Besides Roger, well, terrible, just mm-hmm. terrible. They, they all got me too right now. They all got. <laughs> I agree because you you would think you know at first it was like oh is he like the wholesome one that she went for. And then you just find out he's as, you know, trashy as the other guy, if not more. And I did love the little brother. And he just came out with, like, the zingers for everyone. Nobody got a pass <laughs> this little brother. He was, he was hardcore he was, on his mom, on the guy, on his sister. <laughs> he was prepubescent Don Rickles to yeah, he everyone. Knew. Yeah, he knew like he knew all those dudes were scumbags. He was just like, I, they're fucking scummy. I'm a little scumbag, so I recognize it. He's just yeah, roasting the hell out of all the guys that's trying to get with his sister. But uh, to to go back to what you said, Chelsea, about uh, Judy's costume being Alice in Wonderland, it, it, I did like that. And maybe I'm reaching, and this was never deliberate. The fact that the first demon comes through a mirror, it's like. Alice through the looking glass. I see what you're doing there. This is a little bit smarter than it's being presented as. Or uh, maybe it was completely by accident. I don't know. <laughs> That's a good call out. Yeah, it is. I didn't notice that to, uh, to one time I watched it high. And I was like, oh, there's a lot. So Wonderland's reference. Got it. So uh, you, you, you squeegeed your third eye a little bit. Oh, uh, I did. It was just with, like, with that sacrament. <laughs> and I love I love, I love the uh the one thing about this film, I love the stereo the stereotypical art like archetypes in this film because they are all through you have um the one guy I, I can't remember the names, but I do know the one guy in the jean uh denim outfit. The, there's always that one guy in horror films that's from like Brooklyn or Queens or something mm. like that. Oh it's god, like, his axe. It was just like wow. I mean, it's like, okay, we know this is in the middle of suburbia, but why is this one dude sound like he's from, like, Bentonhurst, Brooklyn? It's like, what, where's your fucking sister? And it's like, really? <laughs> and he flips the little can of quarter, and it's like, what decade did you come from? <laughs> like, even, like... <laughs> I think that film was, like, in 88. Even in 88, I would have threw that quarter back at him, like, I think I'm shit out of here. <laughs> Sal, played by Billy Gallo. Old folks like me will remember him from numerous sitcoms of the 80s, like uh, Who's the Boss and Boys Will Be Boys. He he was a mainstay guy on all of those. Uh, Watching him act with Tony Danza, it's like, are you his son? Is there a nepotism thing happening? I, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even watch that. I feel like that would be like matter and antimatter coming together. Like that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> and result in the destruction. Exactly. Of the it's like against it's, the nature of like the law. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I saw Fast and the Furious, and then I saw Vin Diesel and the Rock in the scene together. I was like, no, it's gonna be an explosion. 
this is not right. <laughs> this is not right. This is not what Mother Nature intended. <laughs> Two ambiguously ethnic Negroes together, no. <laughs> but yeah, there was, um, there was, oh, go ahead, Rick. Did you have something you want to say? I have a ahead. question for you, Chelsea. Did mm -hmm. you notice who played Jay? Um, no, shut up, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Tonks knows the answer. Yes. Did I notice who played Jay? Without looking it up, because I can see you looking. I over. am looking because I don't have the answer. Okay, <laughs> no, it's okay. I wasn't looking for a name because he was played <gasps> by an actor named Lance Fenton, who you will recognize. I know now. From I, Heather's. I didn't realize. Oh, I love that movie. I, I mean, watching that movie, I'm like, I know this motherfucker's face, and it's like, oh. I love my dead gay son. Yes, he yeah. played one of the chops. Yeah. <laughs> but was then I... murdered and staged uh, a, as, as like uh, homosexual a, a, love affair between yes. two football players. Murder suicide thing. I'm like, okay, all right. That that makes it even a little bit funnier in my eyes. But let's be honest, not far fetched. Uh, no, no. <laughs> We we can we can say you know the typecasting is probably there, but no, I I didn't realize it may have been just because you know it was, it it was such an interesting choice to pick. Like when I woke up this morning, I was like, all right, I'm gonna make my cup of coffee and I'm gonna watch Night of the Demons. So it was like my eight a.m. pick. <laughs> so that did that did not dawn on me. But I no, I loved the movie and. The final girl I thought was interesting because I, I didn't dislike her. I just thought, you know, they, I, I think it was intentional that they just didn't give her that much depth. I think they knew with the ensemble they had, we wanted more focus on the people being possessed and the murders. So I wasn't terribly bothered, but one, one scene that struck out to me <laughs> And another reason I just adore Roger is near the end when they're, you know, locking themselves in somewhere. Um, and she just, her monologue is all in question form. And it's like, she said that, right? She said that, you know, the demons come out on Halloween. Um, that's the night they don't have to be in hell, right? Didn't she say that? That is what she said. And Roger's just not answering. And I mm -hmm. loved that, that he was just like... I love yeah, that too. Because like you're answering your question. <laughs> you, why are you question is now? You're a little late. Like these people are trying to kill us. There's no logic at this point. We are dealing outside the realm of reality. We just need to get the hell out of here and seek a lot of therapy <laughs> if we survive because we're scarred. And you know that that's like what the monologue the, that's running in his head when she's just asking it in question form. And I was like, I know you're trying to get somewhere. And say that you guys just need to hold out until dawn. You're just asking 20 questions that you already know the answer to before circling to that See, point. I would have threw her ass. I would have threw her ass to the demons. I'm like, you know, take this bitch. I can't deal with this. I can't deal with her ass. But one of my favorite scenes in that film, I love this scene because this is our exact reaction as far as black folks, how we would deal in, uh, you know, demons in this situation we've been in this film it was a scene where roger made his way back into the house because you know he kept remember he kept going in circles the house was letting him leave right when he's in the house and he's in the hallway with the final girl i think it was judy right judy judy he's with judy and then they see one of the demons he doesn't say anything he just goes <clears throat> and 
bolts. Like, and she's just standing there like, why did he leave? Like, no, stupid. When black people start running, you don't question. You mm-hmm. just run. <laughs> there been many times. Jumps out the fucking window. Listen, there's been many times I've been in the hood and I just started running for no reason because I see other people running. And you just like, what are we running for? I have no fucking clue. I just followed the crowd. <laughs> like he he <laughs> bolted. And then the best scene in the film, oh, I'm not jumping, is at the very end where him and Judy are surrounded by all their friends who have been possessed. And he just looks around. He's like, you ain't going to get me. Runs does a full somersault in midair through glass window, climbs the bar wire, and doesn't even look back for this bro. And she's just standing like a dumbass. And he's like, bet you better come. <laughs> it's so, oh my God. That, I, he's fantastic. The, 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 that part is, it, it does prove in a genre full of bad asses. Uh, Roger is probably the most hardcore of the bunch because it's like, I can't scale this brick wall by itself, so I'm going to bear climb with with barbed wire cutting into my hands because it's that or death. Pain is temporary. Fuck that. But he gets over and as a true hero, he does go back to help Judy get over the wall. Kind of. Kind of. He, 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 he ponders for a second. He ponders. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 that is his heroism. And yeah, to go back to what you were saying, Chelsea, about him asking all the questions. Uh, I know Greg would do it, and it's very key and peel of just like, there's all these questions and everything. It's like, I said, bitch. I said, bitch, move. <laughs> like, and here's the thing about Roger. Roger's probably the most badass black character in horror movie history. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why, because they didn't do they didn't do like the classic tropes with us, because there's like a whole bunch of classic tropes when it comes to black folks in horror. Like there's this, I don't know if you guys have seen this documentary. It's on Shudder. It's a very good documentary called Horror Noir. Yeah, we're huge fans of it. Oh we're god, I love that. So good. And um the, the one of the things I loved about Roger was that because a lot of those horror films they always have if they have a black dude in there nine out of ten times he's always the tough guy because if because you look at it the monster or the slasher or whoever if he because we're considered you know badass if he could beat the tough black dude then he really must not be fucked with so like if you remember and. Uh, Friday the 13th part 8 Jason takes Manhattan when my man shot the fade with Jason on that rooftop mm-hmm. and Jason knocked his block off and we didn't get that Roger Roger's like listen I ain't fighting none of you motherfuckers the only thing I got on my two feet and I'm a user and I'm a run <laughs> that is your o- your only option is to run like don't try to be the tough guy fight I ain't fighting you wouldn't fight you wouldn't find me fighting a fucking mouse with rabies like you just gotta run <laughs> that's what I love about Roger Roger's got two feet and brains it's like exactly. there are rules of the horror movie and Roger figured it out quicker than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, all these other young men and women, they're very boned up, so blood is going to other places. Um, that may be gross in the case of Stooge. Uh, in the case of Angela, the hostess of the party, the gothic girl of the 1980s, um, she definitely would have been the one I hung out with. Not in 88, but certainly 98. Um, I... <laughs> 
I will neither confirm nor deny if a woman wearing a black wedding dress did a salacious dance for me to Bauhaus on Halloween. I'll let our listeners decide. <laughs> I I thought it was interesting as the as some of them, you know, the movie definitely focused on more characters than others when it came to possession. Mm-hmm. And I remember I thought that uh, the whole don't look at me sequence and the lipstick sequence, which as a woman, that hurt to look at <laughs> like that. Oh yeah, with the oh like oh yeah, with the there's a there's a there's a lipstick insertion in this film, and it's not where viewers or listeners are gonna think it is. It's somewhere else in the chest and. I watched and it was just done so well that I was like, oh. <laughs> again, in the 90s, I'll let our listeners decide whether or not a similar experience happened to me. Uh, no, but yeah, stick I, some I, lipstick I, there. Hmm? I did what, some what strange experience. Was dating brother? The 90s were a weird time. Anyway, but yeah, this, once I saw Lania Quigley's name, the credits, I'm like, I know we're in for something good. And when that scene started, I'm there like, okay, there's something unusual about this. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a, a cisgendered heterosexual male. I was watching very closely. And then as the <laughs> lipstick is being applied, I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> and it being the 80s and a practical effect and the fact that everything appeared to be seamless, I have to give credit for the effects crew mm-hmm. to do something uh, to make an apparatus that looked so flawless, so seamless on what is clearly a very small budget for this film. And it just made it fun. Uh, Again, from like even over the top characters like Stooge and his car. Uh, His car is practically its own character. (laughs) Stooge is his own character with that damn. He had the perfect costume, a pig. (laughs) And it reminded me of a story that Artie Lang told on the Howard Stern show about being made up as a pig on mad tv but also trying to score cocaine so that was the first thing i saw <laughs> when i saw stooge i'm like please tell me he does the line of blow with the pig nose on that'd be hilarious but yeah uh, i oh go ahead greg no 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 go ahead go ahead, go ahead. i was just... yeah no just a, a a quick yeah thought with like the lipstick and with uh the character's name was suzanne i believe mm-hmm. um I, I just loved that they did have a pretty nuanced way of how they were doing these possessions, like with with her putting the lipstick all over her face and, um, you know, inserting it. And then during the, you know, sex scene, she's saying, don't look at me, don't look at me. It just felt very, that these demons are, you know, finding these, I don't want to call them flaws. So, you know, like weaknesses in these characters at least that's how I was reading it and I was like oh that's that's a little bit more in depth than I was anticipating from this movie and again it did it more so with like her character and um the goth girl who whose name I can't remember at the moment um Angela um then they did with the others because the others just had like some cool death scenes and then you saw them possessed when Judy was running around the house so 
it, you know, this this movie deserves some credit too with how it was handling like the possession and the creepy things that it was doing had a point. Like the lipstick scene and all of that had a point. It wasn't just, you know, here's this, here's this woman's boobs. I mean, even though it's an <laughs> 80s horror and that's what's gonna happen. But there was, was like, I saw that there we was see a titties. point. <laughs> yeah. Our film was like, count down till we see titties. Exactly. Uh, one of the things I noticed in this film, and I don't know if I'm reaching, but I felt like this film was heavily influenced by Evil Dead. I Evil thought so that. too. That's what I was thinking with those possessions and like the yeah. weaknesses and stuff. I was thinking of Evil Dead. Yeah, because like even when you watch the remake, it is a remake for anybody listening doesn't know. Saw Shannon Elizabeth and Edward Furlong. Um, they look more like demons in the remake versus the original, which kind of they had more of like a deadite look to them. Um, I mean, even the premise was very similar, just with the exception that it wasn't a book. I mean, well, actually, it was a book, but they, you know what I mean. And they summon demons and. Like, even the lipstick scene is something we would have saw in Evil Dead. I mean, we kind of did with the, uh, if you remember the original Evil Dead with the pencil and the uh, Achilles tendon, which really, I was like, oof, when I saw it as a kid. Um, but you can see it was definitely influenced by that. There was actually a lot of people don't know. This night, this one, the original Night of the Demons spawned two sequels. I don't know if, if you knew that. So I there's did, two. I did. There's and two that's why I never watched Night of the Demons because the video store that I rented from and then later worked at, it had Night of the Demons 2, but it yes. had the original yeah, had one. The original. I remember seeing part two before watching the first one because the first one I actually watched, I remember watching part two when I was a kid when it came out. But the first one I didn't see till years later till I was like maybe 16 and it randomly was on TV and I had to start watching it. It was just randomly on. And it's like, for, for the longest, the original was very hard to find. It was mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of like one of those like brass ring uh, movies in horror. You know, you, you get your hands on the second one. They always played the third one on like one of those cheesy Cinemax channels. But the first one barely ever played. And it was to a point where it was like even considered a myth that it didn't exist. And then, you know. And then it, it, you know, started playing on cable a little bit, but uh, they had sequels. I remember the second one had, um, I'm blanking on her name, but she, she was married to Ben Stiller, the actress. She played uh, Marsha Brady and uh, the Brady uh, Bunch movies. What's her name? Um, McCormick, I want to say? She was it's in a, Dodgeball. It's Elizabeth something, right? I, think um, I know exactly who you're talking about. She was married to Ben Stiller. She, Yes, she was in the second one because the second one takes place like it is all girls school. I think I could be wrong because I actually only seen it once. Christine um, Taylor, I think, is her name. Yes, her. And it was supposed to be about Angela's little sister or something like that. Um, and then the third one was even the third one was even worse. But the third one actually had a very good opening scene that I liked. It was uh it was like this couple that was coming to check out the house or something or buy it or something like that. And Angela's out the door. And then like, uh, she's like, oh, I'm just baking a cake. And then it's like a cake. It looks like a wedding cake. And it has like the groom is the devil. And it's her. <laughs> and then there was this one scene in the third one, which I thought was utterly ridiculous, but it was hilarious. It was when the guy points a gun at her, Angela. 
and she starts blowing the gun. She starts blowing the pistol, and oh then oh my god, <laughs> spits out the, when she's done blowing the pistol, she spits out the bullets. And I was like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> For some reason, like hearing you say that, I was like wow that's not something i would expect to see but now that i think about it i'm like how have we not seen that before i don't know it just sounds like something that would be done in a horror movie maybe maybe we're all desensitized now that i'm just like that would be in a horror movie you well you know if you watch the first one in 88 you can see the progression of horror like the you can see the progression of just like tastelessness and horror yeah. From the 80s to the 90s because you remember like in the 90s i, I want to say maybe the early 90s horror kind of went on a downhill like a lot of like because you know i think we kind of just got the 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 game in the 80s was too saturated with all the slasher films and the sequels and by the time the 90s came i think people was just exhausted and then you started yeah. getting all these crappy horror films that nobody liked and most of them went to you know video you know thus while like companies like full moon um exploded on the you know vhs scene during that time and then horror kind of made a comeback in mm -hmm. you know 96 97 with scream um but you can see like it's like you can always tell when horror is going to go on a downslide you see the dissension <laughs> and then you're like, okay, horror. The franchise, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't take a break. Too many of you fucking fanboys and got a hold of this shit. <laughs> Too many of you got money and a camera that didn't need one. The studios definitely played up in marketing. Like, this isn't horror. This is a thriller. So it could be accepted uh, and not be so much of an outcast commodity. And you know, the oversaturation with a lot of sequels of diminishing quality, but it's always there and you always got your your things that shine through. But then, you know, then when it's profitable, it's like, we need more of those. But the, the major studios are like, get us that of our version of that, but do it cheaper. That's very true because I do remember when horror took a downslide in the early 90s, there was the rise of the thrillers. Like we didn't have too many horror films that were mainstream, but we had a lot. There was a lot of thrillers. There was like, the hand that rocks the cradle, hemp. Mm -hmm. um, uh, what was the sleeping with the enemy, you know, so uh, Jennifer Eight, so on and so forth. So you had all these thriller type films. Um, because you know, back then for a big name actor to be in a horror film was kind of like death to their career <laughs> like, you can even like brush up against stuff like silence of the lambs or seven like yeah. no 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 well you, even though this is a cannibal movie and this is a religious themed serial killer movie it's it's a thriller it's not a horror uh but i think that changed i think that changed over years i think now we do consider silence of the lamb and seven is horror films now versus back then when they first came out we did they would consider thrillers but now i think They've been in, you know, and they've been indoctrinated into horror. I agree with that. The community is very accepting. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it. We will take it. So um, in, in regards yeah. to the remake, should Chelsea and I watch it? Um, absolutely. Like I said, the remake wasn't that bad. It, it's a little bit. I will admit, it's a bit of a slow burn versus the the original. It does take a little bit to get it before it really gets into it. 
but it's actually pretty decent. It it does it, put it this way as a standalone, it's good. It's good. Okay, if, cool. it if it didn't have any attachments to the original, I would say it was good. It, you know, they made the demons uh look different, they look more like demons. The storyline is storyline is completely different in a weird way, it's actually its own movie. It's it's actually set in uh New Orleans. Uh, it's set in New Orleans. Um they, you know, there is a final girl, but the movie, the, what the remake does very well that I would give them credit is that you kind of don't know who the final girl is because the final person could be anybody when you watch that film. Um, but they, they do get into the other characters a little bit more too, especially like Elwood Furlong's character, um, the other characters in there I can't think of at the moment, but they do get into the other characters and their backstories and why they're at this particular party that has way more people than the the original did so this one is you know you the first one you're kind of like how could you put yourself in that predicament roger you're like you just wanted a white girl so you just roll with it um but in the in the um the remake you're like oh i probably would have been at that party too yeah because it's like a, it's a bigger thing it's an actual party it's not like just six teenagers getting drunk yeah. i thought it was so funny when it was like you're getting dressed like wearing costumes and like oh they're going to a big party and then they got there and i'm like there's like six people yeah <laughs> like, well that's the well that's the thing about the remake well that's the thing about the remake too they're not teenagers they're adults oh. like well adults. that makes sense with shannon elizabeth because i was wondering when i looked at it, i was like okay no I was like, this is 2009. <laughs> Even in 2009, Edward Furlong looked like he was 40. Like, <laughs> I think Edward, I think after like, uh, what was it, Terminator 2, like he just aged 10 years after that and just never. Yeah, it was right after, again. I would say right after brain scan, he aged 20 years. <laughs> That's what drugs will do to you. The hard Eddie Furlong's had, had some rough living. Yeah. <laughs> But to, to go back to the thing about, you know, like it, it's the big party and you go there and it's only like half a dozen people. Again, if you're a weirdo outcast and you're looking to have sex with someone in a coffin, you don't want a huge audience. First of all, I didn't get, see, you know what, that couple, that they deserve to die because that's just creepy. Listen, I listen, if I'm trying to get it in with, with a young lady the last thing on my mind is getting it in in a goddamn casket, okay? It's like, I would rather, like, like, can we just have sex on the floor? There's a bathroom with a tub. Can we go to a hotel? This is even creepy. I'm not trying to have sex with you and I'm, and I'm moving cobwebs on my hair. You know what I mean? Like, this is not a place that's going to make us want to have sex, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> I I feel like you're just asking for bad mojo when you decide to do that. Like you're just asking for a demon to possess you. Like you are inviting it. It's like playing with a Ouija board. You're not good vibes are not in the studio when you decide to do that. Like it's just not a good situation. <laughs> like can we just <laughs> elevate for one night? Can we just hold just this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, Let's be someone... Christians. <laughs> worked at a tower records in the late 90s and then would go to a gothic club called detours on long island if and i'm not confirming or denying that this happened if someone invited me to a halloween party to then there within have sex within a coffin i may or may not would have said yes <laughs> the 90s were a weird time 
the, the Rick, don't blame the 90s on your creepiness, man. You'd be That's dead. Not... Yeah, don't stop blaming <laughs> the 90s. Don't be like Rick. You. Rick, Rick just sitting there like, hey, yeah, my, it was the 90s. This is what we did. We had these fucking casts. No, no, it's not cool. Every time, every time he introduces a weird trait about him, he ends it with the 90s were a weird time. And I'm like, no, it's just you. It's just you. Yeah, it's like, it's like it 90s. embrace Look. it. Oh, yeah, it's like talk. They were comfortable. I, listen, I don't want to know if a cask is comfortable. Don't want to. <laughs> okay. But when it's my time, I won't know if it's comfortable. Okay. <laughs> you know? also, they're very expensive. Yeah, I they are. They just are. Nor deny if they're comfortable. That's why I've always said when it's my time to go, I'd said at my funeral, I want a closed casket. And at the very end, when they open it, it's going to be a note. It's going to say, gotcha. <laughs> and they're like, well, where did he, where is it? <laughs> like, where? No, but then it's going to be a TV screen. I'm be like, hey, you thought I was dead. I'm actually on Sandro Pay with a bunch of topless models. <laughs> I just want to see who will show up. Follow me. <laughs> I just want to see who will show up. <laughs> I want a spring panel in my casket. So anytime someone goes to the kneeling pad, I come popping up. That's pretty good. And also, like, Jack in the Box. Yeah. Because <laughs> what are the first three letters in funeral? Fun. Fun. Exactly. <laughs> I had to think about it. <laughs> I remember I, I, went to, I went to one funeral. It weirded me out. And that didn't weird me out. It's kind of fucked up. But it's a cultural thing. I went to a funeral. Yeah. And um, they had food there. It's their culture. And uh, <laughs> it was like, would you like, would you like a sandwich? And I was like, if I say no, I'm gonna look like a dick. But mm-hmm. if I say yes, it's fucking gross. I'm not eating a funeral. Home. Like, there's no that way. It's so strange to have food. Like, no, because like, like the funerals I've been to, there's been like food after at in, yeah, like, the, repast. the reception uh, room, but nothing like the bodies. Over there. Listen, I, listen, I went to a funeral. They offered me a mint from the funeral home, and I said, no, thank you. I don't want water. I want nothing from the funeral home. You know, for a guy who loves horror, I really don't like... I, I, for a guy like me who loves horror, I do not like real-life horror. Yes. <laughs> I told, it's like, I don't like funerals. I freak out. They, they, they freak me out. Open caskets are weird as fuck. I never understood it. I, I, I hate it. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's like, hey, let's go sit in the room and look at a dead body. (laughs) Especially because I don't want that to be like the the last last image image, yes, someone has of me. And me and my mom talk about, she and I talk about our funerals all the time for some reason. And um, today's her birthday. And and, uh, we always talk about how we don't want, you know, the open casket because like her mother, my grandmother had that and we didn't we didn't care for it it's just it's just so weird and yeah I don't, know. Really, I don't I like it that, i think that's what scarred me as a child because when my grandmother died i was like nine or ten mm. and and she was she was buried down south and i remember at the end of the funeral they opened a casket and i saw her and i just broke down and i was like oh not for me mm-hmm. and and I remember my ex, uh, my ex, when her uh, mother passed away, you know, I went because I had a supporter. But when we walked up to the casket, I can't, I couldn't even tell you what she looked like because my head was turned the entire time. I was like, nope. It's like, no, no, no. I'm like, nope. I don't need that for closure. I'm good. <laughs> I don't either. I'm like, just close it. I do it. appreciate the great irony of, of, of food 
and death, especially when, when my dad died. It's like everybody brought over food. Nobody was fucking hungry. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, people and always f- bring so much food when you're grieving. It's and, 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 and my favorite aunt, who, who's, who's very sad, just kind of like sheepishly looks up from her seat at the table. Everybody's like pushing the food around. It's like, I made a flan, but I forgot it at home. I'm like, no one gives a shit. But yeah, having food at the funeral home is really fucking weird. Like in this movie, sure, you need craft services nearby. I don't think anybody needs like (laughs) cheese doodle fingers at an actual funeral. Imagine just hors d'oeuvres being passed around. You're like, I no. Oh, I, <laughs> so I don't want to eat a. I don't want to drop a. I don't. I'll, I'll be too scared. I'm gonna eat a pig in a blanket, and I'm gonna accidentally drop it on a dead person. Like yeah, you, you got crumbs on the body. Crumbs on the body. I didn't drop the tomato in a casket. Like come on, man. That's just, that's just disgusting. And I could never eat at the funeral anyway because it's yeah, just it's so yeah, weird. it's so weird. Especially even the funeral home. I still have the smell of the. You can smell the formaldehyde. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. What's that? That's Fast another thing. Day. If you got a big appetite after a funeral, you didn't like that motherfucker. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're, you're there and you're just piling food on your plate and you're like, yeah, so sad. You're, I'm like, you're, listen, you're, I'm grieving. Don't bring me food. Just bring me weed. Just bring me a shit ton of weed. You're, you're just there. <laughs> yeah, if you're my friend and I'm grieving, don't bring me food. Bring me, bring me, a, bring me a bag of your finest fire. Okay. There's one. There's one story. I don't think I've ever told this story out loud before. This is an exclusive, but it has to do with a funeral I went to when I was very young. Like I was at least like five, maybe six. Um, and I don't even remember. It was I. I've been fortunate enough to where I've been to very few funerals, but at the same time, it's because we don't talk to most of my family so you know I just haven't really gone to a lot of funerals but this funeral I think my mom's gonna kill me if she listens to this one um it it was a funeral it was either she can't reach you from Georgia that's true that is true um and COVID so she really can't fly over here but it was for like I don't know if it was like her boss or a colleague it was someone that I don't think she was terribly close to and of course I had I don't know why she took me like I really don't know why she took me she didn't take my other sisters just me and it was a wake so I don't think we went to the actual funeral we went to the wake and I was such a weird kid like I remember like once somebody when I was at a farm for like a field trip and they were like don't touch the fence it's electrical and I just went like I just grabbed it. <laughs> like I just, I, I am, I'm weird. And like most kids, like, don't touch. Really, most okay. kids. Yeah. <laughs> at this, at this wake, I was like, I want to touch the body. I just want, I just want to touch it. I just want to, I just want to poke it. And Greg's like, I want off this call. <laughs> like I don't know where this is going. <laughs> so um, I waited until like nobody was really looking. And I, and I poked, like, he had his hands, like, together, like, on his mm. chest or whatever. And I just remember poking his <laughs> Boop. How'd that rigor mortis feel? And all I, all I because it was just the quickest, like, touch. All I remember is, I mean, he was cold. That's all I got. He was cold. But I just, I... Is, is there something oh, weird like about me? That now I'm just picturing you as a child going 
to people you go to school with, maybe your friends, maybe just other classmates and going, you guys want to boop a dead body? <laughs> just touch it. Just Y'all want to see dead body? It was funny because I remember uh, my my uncle uh, had passed away last year. So I we went to the funeral. He had a very small funeral. And long story short, I was one of the pallbearers. Because at the uh, end, my cousin's like, we need pallbearers. And I was like, shit. Now, my older brother, he couldn't be a pallbearer because he was still healing. He had... Um, hurt his leg so he was all crutches and so it was like all right so I'm when I'm in the front and and I'm like I'm like you know I'm holding the casket but in my mind I'm like ill 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 I feel the body I feel the body this is gross and I gotta tell you the fucking caskets are fucking heavy because mm-hmm. let me tell you something my uncle God rest his soul he was sick before he passed away and so he was like two pounds so that was all casket and it was like not even like it usually with Paul Bears, they usually try to have like six or eight, I believe. It was only four of us. So I'm in the front and I'm with on the other side is my cousin's husband. And I'm look, he's bigger than me. I'm looking at him like, and then my, my dad and my cousin, who looks like Luke Cage, because he's in the gym all the time, are in the back. And I'm like struggling from like, listen, y'all better help me with this damn casket or his ass going to be on the goddamn ground in a minute. But slide his ass down these goddamn stairs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, he going to be rolling. He going to be, he going to be rolling on his ground in a minute. Y'all don't pick it up back there. <laughs> and then when we slid the casket into the hearse. I was like, all right, who's got a bottle of bleach? I got to, I got to bleach these hands. <laughs> it's like, I, I have to clean. Like, and I need to be clean. Holy and by that, and my dad, you know, he my dad lives in Texas, but he came up for the funeral and he he's like, hey, let's go get some fish. And I was like, mm, no, I don't want any fish. I'm not hungry. Like, mm, <laughs> uh, but yeah, funerals, funerals are weird. Uh I'm gonna ask you guys this question. Um, did you guys see uh the trailer that I did, Cameron? No. No, I didn't. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen, yeah. Oh, oh, I thought you said Cameron. I'm sorry. Okay. How about I'm the same? Rick, you I got the trailer, okay, Rick, yeah. Rick, you goddamn liar. <laughs> Can you imagine if we both were just like, no. No, no, like, no, I, no. I, I, I misheard you. I thought you were talking about a horror <laughs> movie that's supposed to be coming out named Cameron that I'd never heard of. Your preview, Karen, that I, I was going to say for the plugs, we might as well do it now. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> You said Where Cameron? can people see that if they want to see that? Oh, it's about Karen, not Cameron. Karen, yes. Oh, yeah, they can go on Camp Nas, uh, um, our YouTube channel. Um, I'm part of Camp Nas, which is a collective group of artists like myself, uh, other comedians and musicians, guys who I've grown up with my entire life. We uh, decided to come together and create our own production media company. And we have our own YouTube channel. We have all kinds of content on there from our podcast, the Noscast, to... Uh, sports, prime sports to uh, subscribe reviews, which is our review show. We're reviewing WandaVision uh, currently right mm-hmm. now. Um, so if you want to check that out, go ahead. We just reviewed the first three episodes. Uh, we also have Rhymes with Ramen, which is a really fun show. And you can also watch Karen. I also did it. I wrote another sketch called uh, Hack and Slash School of Fitness, which is more on the comedy side because um, with Karen, it was funny. The backstory with Karen was 
originally Karen was supposed to be, it, it, it is a sketch, but it was originally supposed to be just what it was, a sketch. It was supposed to be pure comedy. And um, I wrote it with Camille Theobaum. I don't know if you know her. She's a comedian in New York City, very talented. Her and I wrote it together because she actually did it, the character Karen on her IG and TikTok during mm-hmm. the summer. But long story short, she had to drop out due to commitments or whatever. And when she dropped out, I rewrote it. And I realized after, you know, as I was rewriting it, I was literally writing a pure horror trailer. It was a frightening trailer. Let me tell you something. The original, the original script, I wish, I think I actually could find it. If I could find it, I'll send it to you. But it was a lot funnier. It was supposed to be like strictly comedy type of thing. And then when I rewrote it, I don't know if it was because of the climate we were in, because I remember when I was writing it, this was during the time when everybody was protesting with Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, Breonna Taylor. So I don't know if that had, it probably did have something to do with it, but it just really turned into a pure horror. Um, and then, uh, you know, then I had recast Karen and with uh, Yumi K, who's a very talented comedian in New York, and she killed it. She killed it. Um, and it was it was dope. I was very nervous when I put it out there because it was kind of like the first thing I ever did as far as writing, directing. And I was just like, well, I've been watching horror since I was three. I know horror, so let's go for it. <laughs> Man paid off. Yeah, I did I did share that when it came out because I thought it was great. And my exact thinking was I would watch this if it was a full fucking feature. <laughs> Yeah, I've gotten it a lot. I've a lot of people when I when we released the trailer, Karen, um, people were like, "Where can we see the entire film?" I was like, "No, there is none." I, it was a mock. It was a, it was originally just a mock trailer, and um, I will say that it, it wasn't intended to be a feature, but I could be working on. Something. If somebody cuts you a check, Ooh. that's enough to make it a few well, I could be I could be working on something well when we it's still in the wraps when we're off it when we're off air I'll you know I'll tell you guys but I could be working on something that's kind of a Ooh. kind of like a unofficial sequel to Karen in the weird way it's kind of like if I had to compare it it's like Karen would be El Mariachi and what I'm cur- currently working on would be Desperado uh, it's her friend Susan. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, 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 I saw an interesting post and and I agreed with it. Because yes, we all know Karen's and we all have friends named Karen. Yeah. And our friends named Karen probably feel a little bit lumped in with the Karen's. So this post posited the idea that if we take the same behavior. Let's use a more appropriate Tony common name. These women Wait. should be Ivanka's. <laughs> Who? Ivanka's. Oh, see, I was thinking oh, of Ivanka's. Tony Lauren, and mm-hmm. you're thinking of Ivanka. We were both thinking of white, blonde, idiot Republicans. So. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing with Karen was, you know, what I was trying to say with Karen was like, and if I don't know if you guys watch Lovecraft Country. Yes. Yes. Oh, I fucking love that show. So many layers. Um, is that it's the same thing with Lovecraft Country. I thought Misha Green, who is the who is the showrunner of the show, is fucking genius. Um, is what I'm saying in Karen is that, you know, if life, if horror had really happened in real life, 
I'm not scared of Michael Myers. I'm not scared of Jason. I don't give a fuck about Freddy or Chucky, Pinhead, none of these people, none of these monsters and slashers. My fear is white people, police, Karen's. That's my horror film. Like being black in America is horror enough. Like that is, you know what I mean? That's a horror film uh, for us. And that's what I was trying to say to Karen's. Like, no, this is who really fucking scares us. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm walking the streets, if I'm in gentrified Brooklyn, but it's two in the morning and I'm coming from a gig and I see a lonely young white girl walking the street, she might be scared of me because not even because I'm a big black dude, I could be, but it just could be, I just could be a guy, you know, it's two yeah. in the morning, she's walking by herself. She doesn't know me, but what this white girl doesn't know is that I'm more scared of her than she is of me. Cause I'm like, bitch, if you scream, it's a wrap for me. Like, I don't need that kind of heat. I'm like, mm, not today, Satan. I'm across the street and take the long way, <laughs> you know? So, that's what uh you know I wanted to say with Karen and filming that um was fun, but it also showed me how hard it is to wear multiple hats. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would do that again. I think you know the next thing that I do, I probably would just be strictly behind the camera and and uh writing and producing it, but I don't think I would be acting in it because that mm-hmm. was oh that was rough. <laughs> What? That was rough. I, I, the one of the, <laughs> it's one of the most great, great scenes that we did in that film. And that trailer was um, the torture scene where my wife, who was played by uh, my homegirl, Victoria Beale, who's ultra talented, and she's tied up. In between the shots, we're in my nephew's kitchen. And that day when we shot it was probably one of the last hottest days of the summer. It was in August. And we, he didn't have AAC in the kitchen. And he had AC in his living room, but we had to turn it off, not for the Lord. It was brutal. I'm in there trying to tie this poor girl up. I'm drenched in sweat. I'm like, I don't even give a shit. Let's just get this. Like, this is uncomfortable. Like, dealing with the elements and everything. um, It was hard, but I had a lot of fun doing it. I really did. Well, whatever you got going on, when it's done, when it's ready, when you've got the all clear to talk about it, our door is always open to you. You're part of the Spooky Doings extended family. So you come on in. Oh, and, thank you. I appreciate we'll that, brother. In. Who knows? Hopefully, hopefully next time we can do it in person. Hopefully we'll all have the pointiest poke by that time and we can <laughs> interact with each other. I mean, there, there's a certain convenience to doing it virtually, but being in the room with somebody and, and, and sharing the moment and having a hug after is what makes it all worthwhile. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, tell the people where they can find you, Greg, if they want to find you. Um, you can find me on, you can follow me on uh, IG, Instagram at uh, Gregory Hall, Sir Cushington. Um, you can also find me on TikTok, even though I don't really be on, t- I don't know, I'm fucking old. I don't know, but that's what it's like. <laughs> I'm on TikTok. Greg, you follow me, Gregory, comedian Gregory Hall, and uh, also Twitter, Gregory Hall 5000. And if you are on YouTube, like most of us red blood Americans, go to Camp Nas, our YouTube channel, like, subscribe, and check out our content. Let us know what you think. Cool. And Josie, where can people find you if they want to find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter, primarily uh, just looking up Chelsea Bennington and I, I just have to say, please 
please do not judge me for touching a dead body. I'm feeling so weird about sharing. No one is judging you. No one is judging you. Listen, have you been to the black funeral? People are like diving in the cat. Yeah. With them. And I'm sitting there like this. Yes, throw her ass in there with them so we get this shit over with, please. You you booped it. It's not like you scooped the person out of the casket and made them dance to Copacabana by that, Barry Manilow. That is true. I just I just went poke. Boop. I'm sure some adult saw me too and was like, this whose kid is this? <laughs> like, whose kid is this? There's no way no one saw me do it. <laughs> Uh, Tales from the Crypt Four, where uh, where where the Keith David returns to play the Undertaker, but uh, he takes a young girl named Chelsea just around to boop the bodies. That's the whole movie. It's poke. <laughs> you can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram for podcast information and Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook for more podcast information. Since we're not doing shows yet, but when we get the all clear, it's going to be a delightful mess but we'll be happy to be together um so until next time everybody stay good stay healthy stay spooky bye